Welcome to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, a podcast discussing film noirs of yesterday and neo noirs of today. Each week, we're going to deliver a discussion of our analysis of classic noir films, and occasionally we'll interview up and coming directors and writers of new neo noir films, all mixed in with our unintelligible banter. Your hosts for the show, Jason D. Morris and Carly Street. Hey, Carly Street. How's it going? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, home slice. Uh oh, here we go. Boy, that's some '90s stuff right there. Home I know, slice. Can't believe that made it over to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> I probably just picked it up somewhere and just started throwing it out. Uh, <laughs> so, how's it how's it been going over there for you in the UK? What's the weather like? What are you up to? What's going on? It's sunny. Is it really? Yeah, it's sunny. Went to the garden centre and spent loads of money on plants that are probably going to die in like the next two months. But I don't care because right now they're in sunlight. There you go. All right. Very cool. So no rain for you guys, huh? Not right now. Very cool. How long is that expected to last? I mean, it's the UK. So probably now I've said that it's probably raining outside. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm over here in uh, Illinois and there's like these um, sirens that go off freaking all day long. And they're like supposed to be like test sirens if there's like a um, a tornado. But they That's go scary. off. Yeah, right. And they go off all the time. And I'm like, well, well, if they are testing so them constantly. constantly a tornado? Yeah. How the hell are you supposed to know if a tornado is showing up? Like, it's you so know, weird. that's like the fire alarm that they do all the time at work. And it's like the one time when you go, for God's sake, and you burn to a crisp. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then yesterday it got super windy. It was like crazy windy out here and uh, no fucking sirens. And I'm like, well, now it feels like there's going to be a tornado maybe, and there's no sirens. going. Maybe on. the sirens blew away. It could be. That could be it. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. That's I couldn't let. That's so scary. I just I, oh my! God. I'd have to like have a, a return siren. That's like I've heard your siren. Here's my siren. <laughs> yeah, each each time it just gets louder and louder. It's like Silent Hill. You ever seen Silent Hill or played the game? That's what it's like here. <laughs> it's, oh god. it's freaky. <laughs> yeah. So if you stop being available for the podcast, you've been eaten by people, right? <laughs> And it was like the other day it was going off and there was also like a fire truck or an ambulance driving by at the same time. And it was like the weirdest, creepiest sound in the world. Cause it wasn't like a typical like siren. It was like really drawn out, like kind of like really long. And it like, it sounded like a banshee. It was like so crazy sounding. If you hear like the purge noise, you need to hide. Right, <laughs> that might be what it is. <laughs> oh my god! Did you did you hear? Did you have that in America? You know when everyone first went into lockdown. What's that? There was a car that was driving around in the UK, like just pumping out 
the purge noise. No, we did not have that. <laughs> but they were they were doing it like whatever the curfew was. I can't remember what the curfew was, but it was like twenty five minutes before the curfew. And then as soon as the curfew hit, the car went inside. So they could never get in trouble. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Was there a new Purge movie coming out? Maybe it was like a promotional thing. I mean, I think it was just some nutcase in a car that had gone like stir crazy from being inside. <laughs> could be. Because as soon as I saw the video, I thought, oh, wish I'd have done that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, Carly, let's get into uh, tonight's drink. Um, I think is aptly titled. It's called the Assassin. Um, um, this is this is an interesting one because I don't know of too many like mixed drinks with tequila. Um, oh, besides, you know, that's like, your uh, best Margarita friend or something. Tequila. Right? Yeah, tequila, <laughs> your best friend. Right. <laughs> Uh, so this is called the Assassin. It's uh, three ounces of chilled Coca-Cola or any sort of like cola, I suppose. Uh, yeah, you really thought you were going to say cocaine then. <laughs> three ounces of cocaine. Ooh, you're going to have I a don't know why. Chilled good time cocaine? or a bad time. No, <laughs> <laughs> right. Three ounces of chilled Coke, uh, a third ounce of tequila, a third ounce of peppermint schnapps, bleh, a third ounce of Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey. Um, pour the whiskey, tequila, and peppermint schnapps into a cocktail shaker, half filled with ice cubes. Shake well and strain into a cocktail glass filled with chilled Coke and serve. Um, so this one would be pretty interesting. It's got a mix of strange flavors, though. You got tequila, the peppermint schnapps, mm. and also the whiskey mixed with Coke. So it's, yeah. this, is a, this is a curious one. So it almost could be like a, a, a Christmas drink. <laughs> With the peppermint in there, uh, I don't know. This is a this is a pretty interesting one, though. You can't but, figure out if that sounds nice or not. Yeah, I don't know either. I think this is like one of those ones where you really have to like, you have to try it and decide whether you like it or not because there's such a range of, of flavors going on here. Who knows? Right, right? It's a mixed bag. Yeah, if you see that on the menu and that's expensive, that that's like roulette. You're playing a bit of Russian roulette there. Have I just wasted a tenner, or is it actually amazing? <laughs> right, <laughs> ten dollars out here would be like fifteen bucks. <laughs> oh God, the stakes even got higher then. Oh. oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. It's expensive. They got three dollar beers, but you know you got to spend fifteen bucks on a mixed drink. <laughs> I'll bring you out. Right, <laughs> and uh, the title, "The Assassin," goes along with tonight's movie. Uh, which, uh, if you're gotten this far, you're about to hear the trailer. So here we go. your job. I was in the funeral business. Oh. 
as you know, we manage the investments of our employees. If a former agent dies after retirement, their $8 million goes back to the company. This is a bad idea. Who the hell is he? Somebody set me up over here. Ain't better pray you have nothing to do with it. Think of a to kill the black kaiser and kidnap his cute little neighbor we should pay him so we don't have to look over our shoulder for the rest of our lives you'll need all of it try not to be scared you make mistakes when you're afraid thought you stopped smoking figured it wouldn't kill me was the trailer for the 2019 neo-noir film Polar, which um, was released on Netflix. Uh, it's a neo-noir action thriller film directed by Jonas Ackerland, who is known for uh, shooting a mass amount of music videos uh, from everybody from like Madonna to, I mean, like everybody, I mean, he's, he's done anybody since like the early two thousands. He's, he's done a music video for almost, um, it was written by Jason Rothwell and was based on Victor Santos, 2013 graphic novel polar came from the cold. Uh, the film stars Mads Mikkelsen, uh, if I pronounce that right, I think it did Vanessa Hudson, uh, Catherine Winnick and Matt Lucas. And, uh, I, you know, when we were discussing what films we were going to do, I did a, a quick search on Google for uh, neo, new neo-noir type films. And this film came up. It was like top of the list for neo-noir. Um, I'm going to venture to say that this isn't really noir at all. I mean, at least to me, there's, there's very little noir influence, but before we actually get into that discussion, we need to do, um, uh, our little, uh, Carly's little, uh, in a nutshell bit. And now it's time for Carly's super famous in a nutshell synopsis. All right. Two weeks from retirement, 
Little does the Black Kaiser realise that he's going to reenact all three chapters of John Wick during one hour and 30 minutes and potentially with a lot less clothing. <laughs> That's funny. Now, I, I don't. Did you really? Did you feel that this had a John Wick uh, sort of feel to it? A little. But I don't know if just if that's just because there was a lot of guns and it was like a lone wolf man. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know, I I thought it was a lot more like um, I don't know if you've seen this, but um, there's a movie called The Losers, and I think it came out like the early 2000s, something like that, maybe mid 2000s. Oh, can't remember. No. With uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and uh, the dude that plays Captain America and Zoe Saldana. Um. It's a really, really fantastic movie, also based on a comic book. Um, it's basically like the A Team. I don't know if you know what that is or have you ever watched yes. it. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like the A Team. So, but um, the, it was. It's sort of the the same kind of film, just way better in my opinion. Um, so I, I felt like <laughs> I feel like this movie has. It's funny because it just popped in my head it is bipolar <laughs> because yeah. it's got this really cool sort of uh, assassin retirement sort of feel. And then you got this comic booky um, assassin uh, um, James Bond kind of story thing going on that's intercut with. And the two, in my opinion, just really don't mix well. No, with because each other. also it, some of it was like it was actually it had quite a lot of dark humor in it. Mm -hmm. Sure, which yeah. worked quite well, which went with the with the kind of assassin story. Like when he's when he's doing his job description and he's like, "Oh, I was in the funeral business." Best euphemism ever. Like, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, I was just in the funeral business. You put them in the coffins, mate. <laughs> And then, like when he's doing the Hitman class, I mean, that should have just been its own film. Quite frankly, he retired. Oh, that was hilarious! A yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. And all the parents—that would have been me if I was a parent. Like, yeah, go on, get another knife out. Go on, come pay attention, look. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like yeah. when he when he killed the dog, and then his chat up lines. Oh, I used to have a dog. <laughs> that I shot in the head. <laughs> yeah, there are some I great like, moments I really there. Like that. Yeah. yeah, but then when the kill squad like tried to be funny and what was going on with Matt Lucas I've got no idea that 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 kind of went into the other weird sort of section that you're talking about and it did not quite work the same I don't think no anyway. yeah I don't either and I think I had a problem from the very beginning because it opens with that sort of comic booky you know seeing with Johnny Knoxville and stuff and it's so over the top and like I was just like oh my gosh did I make a mistake picking this movie like this is not, <laughs> this is not anything what we should be reviewing. And then it kicks into like the, the Mad Mickelson, uh, section. And it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is more comfortable. This, this feels more like what we should be watching. Yeah. But every time it would go back and forth, it was like, it's such a, like, like the story itself is like contrasting too much. And, you know, they're just polar opposites of each other. They just don't work together. And wow. I, I even venture to say, I want to take this movie and re-edit it and take out all the comic book stuff. Um, and just let the Mads section 
play out and put as minimal stuff from the kill squad as possible just to get the story. (laughs) But, But I think it could be a really cool movie in there without a lot of the, the weird flashy over the top, um, like Kill stuff. Bill sort of style stuff. Yeah. Did you not was... think like the murder squad, they were, they were almost like the Z list version of, of the Kill Bill squad. Yeah. Even like, even like up a notch, even like they even, yeah. it was just like, I don't know. It was so contrasty to the other stuff. It just didn't work for me at all. Um, and it, it didn't even feel like there was like, they were trying to balance it. It was just like, when we see these people, it's going to be crazy over the top. When we see this, it's going to be more grounded and, and realistic. Yeah, nice and solemn and kind of like more noiry. Right. And I'm like, how did they get Mads to do this? I'm like, do they only show him that part of the script? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was really good. He was. I really was... enjoyed him. Be- yeah, being a little lone man going to the video shop, getting confused by people at Chatter and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like just looking forward to getting his money and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty solid. And, you know, it even reminded me um, quite a bit of um, uh, The Professional. Uh, yeah. especially towards the end of the film. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting too, because I was kind of hoping that it like the, the end of the movie I thought was super predictable. Um, but I don't really hold it against it because of how they dealt with it. Like they didn't have her kill him and they do this sort of like, okay, so what are we going to do now? Sort of thing. And that sort of like fixed it for me because I thought from the very beginning, like this, it was really predictable. Like this obviously is, you know, somebody who knows who he is or something, you know, there's something going on. And then when they spin the story and you see the flashbacks, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty obvious. Uh, you know, we would never know because they didn't tell us any of that story ahead of time. But um, it, it was pretty predictable in that aspect. Um, but once she didn't kill him and they sort of let that play out a little bit, I was like, you know, this really feels a lot like the professional. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm, yeah. Mm. Did you did that come up for you at all when you were watching it or no? Yeah, I mean, I could have done without the twist. Yeah, if I'm honest, I think I quite liked their their relationship because it was kind of like it was like a friendship. He was like learning to have a friend and kind of like learning to be around people. Mm-hmm. And I quite I quite liked that, um, and I didn't think if they'd have gone in a romantic way, I think I would have felt the same as the twist because to me the twist was just completely unnecessary it could have just finished with him going finding her and helping her and then her sort of learning that he was a you know about his past and his and him telling her the most horrific thing that he'd done which was the flashback and Mm -hmm. her kind of deciding well we can be friends or we can't sort of thing yeah i think think that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah, i personally would have liked because if she decided not to be his friend that kind of would have been the same as if she'd have died so it would have had the same impact on that character because he's then he still lost somebody that he was forming a connection with and if she decided well you know we can still kind of get to know each other it points to the romantic element without shoving it down your throat which i would have been okay with yeah 
Yeah, I can see that. I, I don't necessarily mind the twist so much other than I think that it was like you could just kind of see something coming. Like you knew that there was going to be something like that happening, but you just didn't know what it was. Um, but I do, I, I kind of, uh, I understand where you come from. And I think that that could have worked pretty well too. Um, I don't know that um, the way that they played her would have had to been different if had they done that, because for some reason, like she's nervous and scared and, you know, recognizes him and all that kind of stuff. Like you see all that stuff. So they would have definitely had to have changed that a little bit. And I agree had they went the romantic route, that would have, that would have ruined it for me more because that was one of the things I thought was a little bit interesting because that's, you know, that whole romantic thing. That's so Hollywood. That's exactly what most films would have done. And it was far more interesting having them not be romantically involved. Um, you know, and then, yeah, I always find it interesting because you don't, I know it's probably what audience is like, but more experienced people than, but every time you meet a guy or a girl, you don't, don't, it's not going to be a romantic. fall in love. No. And I think sometimes like friendships can be more valuable than relationships. You know, like if you're wanting to show character growth. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you can't just, you you don't just marry somebody and then it's just the two of you forever. Unless you're crazy. <laughs> Unless you're crazy. Yeah. And then you both lock it, you know, you're locked in the house, but you, you don't like, they have their friends, you have your friends, you have friends together. Like each one of those sort of like pieces mm-hmm. makes you livable. Right. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, if I didn't no, have I you to talk that. to, Street would probably have caved my head in years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that poor guy. <laughs> He's got to deal with you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I think that that's, uh, that was probably the one great thing that they did with, with that story and is not making them a romantic, you know, couple or something involved or something like that. Like he was genuinely trying to help her, whatever it might be. And they don't go any further than that. And that's, that that was useful as far as the story goes. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was a little, I was a little bit, uh, not skeptical, but just like sort of felt like it was out of character when he picks up the, uh, one of, one of the, one of the assassins on the road, like the whole yes. know, car broken down. Why thing. Would I'm you, like, yeah. Yeah. That, that whole, that whole section was just sort of like silly to me i guess they just needed to get from point a to point b or something but i just thought that that didn't work and it was just he's smarter than that right (laughs) yeah and he's been set up to be that smart so why would he right fall for that no and then like how silly it is like when they're sleeping together in the bed and like at the right time he lifts her up to get her shot and it's just like it's so silly like how would he know yeah you know, yeah, just and then he sense. like kills them all, rolling around butt naked in a snowstorm. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, that's the only section where I would have been like, okay, that's kind of John Wicky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, John Wick did it all with his clothes on, people. That's so, true. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. I, I will. I will say that it was nice to see a, a like a realistic portrayal of injuries. If you were a hitman, if 
me or you were a hitman and we got like stabbed in the arm or had a scrap, mm-hmm. we'd be struggling for, for a couple of days. Take yeah. me off the hitman list because, you know, I need to patch myself up. I don't and know. I think I, I think I think Carly would struggle through. I think I think Carly would go ahead and just dragging keep killing. my foot. That's this way. I will avenge. Um, and I feel like the only thing sometimes I I think it's difficult because John Wick's its own entity, so it has like the whole secret doctors and the hotel and all the all this stuff that like patches you up. So you mm-hmm. have to kind of look at that in its own little world. But generally speaking, they will just get shot in you know shot in the shoulder, and then just next minute they're right as rain. Right. fighting you know with the arm that they've just had shot at yeah that's just that's uh pure adrenaline that's what it is yeah write that in the script pure adrenaline keeps them going yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the adrenaline's pumping so no one will know right. that they're missing a finger <laughs> <laughs> no i agree with that and like after he got uh he got strung up and was like tortured and everything. Man, oh, there were some actually, gnarly I, looking wounds yeah, on that, that too. Whoa. That torture seat, that was too much for me. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't I show had it to all. Skip that. Yeah. I was not enjoying that at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. There and was the eyeball slicing. Stuff. Oh, yeah. Done without, yeah. I could have done without that. Because <laughs> you don't like eyeballs. <laughs> I don't. No, no. Well, let's just pretend that's the reason why I picked this movie for you. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it is. <laughs> to imagine me sat there going, Ugh! <laughs> You should have had some that's sort of uh, idea that was going to happen when the posters got him with an eye patch and then you see him through most of the movie without an eye patch. <laughs> well, I just thought he was going to get an eye patch right at the end. <laughs> like right at the very end. I thought he was going to, I didn't think he was just going to, you know, oh no. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you thought it would be like Thor where, you know, like he scoops his eye out, but you don't really see. Right. It's going to be like that. I didn't think there was going to be like instruments and close-ups <laughs> yeah. and slicing. Oh, no. <laughs> so uh, would you like what the main bad guy, would you think of him? What's what's his name? Matt his Lucas. Name? Matt Lucas, yeah. What what is he in besides this movie? Um, he was George Dawes in a like a panel, funny panel show called Shooting Stars, which is actually quite funny. Hmm. He's in Doctor Who as well for a little bit. Um, he was in a series called Little Britain, and he pops up in a few different things. Um, I think he's in one of the Alice in the Alice in Wonderland films, I think. And he's actually he's like he's quite funny. But mm. that I could not deal with. That I don't know what they. Why were people rubbing stuff on his legs and feet? And <laughs> That's the whole James he, Bond I, villain thing for me. Like I thought it was silly. Like I, I, for whatever reason, I actually liked him in this movie, but it was so over the top and and silly. All I could think of is like some weird, like outlandish, like James Bond kind of thing. And yeah. it was it was so crazy over the top, but but he was interesting and fun. <laughs> He's crazy though. I think I, I think I struck, but then again, like the, like you said about it being like not quite marrying up. He's mm-hmm. he's like the character, right? And and like the villain, they were just not they were just nowhere near similar because you had this like brewing stoic eye patched man, and then you had like him. He was like a little ball of just 
insanity. Dressed strange. <laughs> right. But he's covered it, by, just, by a bunch of assassins and a whole team, though. So yeah, well, that... I mean, they did bloody well, didn't they? <laughs> At the end, when he's going, oh, yeah, let him come in. I'll fuck him up. Everyone runs away. That was like a scene out of Austin Powers. Right. <laughs> you know, like the day in the life of the henchman. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? And then the secretary's just like, oh, what a kerfuffle. Can't get the blood out. And then goes back to a desk. <laughs> that was pretty it's funny, just, I, I know, and it, was, it was probably trying to like, probably the dark humor was what was what was supposed to marry them both up but i just thought because yeah. he was such a dramatic dark character with no real fun about him mm-hmm. and then his nemesis didn't even get to fight him yeah. there was no real fight there was once the murder squad were gone there was no, they nothing. just they just cut away like you see the axe slide down into his hand, cut away, and then the and head, his head just... flies off. <laughs> I mean, in reality, that's exactly the way it probably would have happened, though. <laughs> was, oh yeah, you know, there's <laughs> <was> no chance. <laughs> yeah, it was not happening, was it? And when the when the guys ran off, I mean, you screwed. When your right. army's running in the opposite direction. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Now, have you ever seen the comic book? I've never seen it or no. heard of it. No, 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 not at all. But see, maybe it's a bit like the boys where that's the kind of style of the comic book, though. So maybe it is really, really comic book accurate. It could be, but I feel like I feel like there has to be. I know some people get pissed off with adaptions, you know, whether it's books to movies or comics to movies because they're they change, they're different. Yeah, but and you can reason- never quite get all of it in. Right. But, but the whole reason to adapt it to the screen is for like, you know, to, to widen the audience, to allow it to be more accessible to people who haven't read the, the books, not just for the fans of the, you know, people of the books or the comics, but people outside that. Right. So I feel like there has to be some concessions that are made to make it more appealing and more, um, you know, just to have more mass appeal for other people to watch it. And I think that even if, you know, you are a fan of the comic, you have to be able to watch this movie and see how those, uh, you know, those different styles don't really balance in a film as to where they might in a comic. Because in a comic, you might get, you know, issue number 12 has all this crazy over the top action. And then issue 13 might be just the lead character, like, you know, licking his wounds and, you know, doing, mm. you know, reflecting yeah, yeah more mundane yeah. shit. Right. And then issue 14 might be a bunch of crazy action or whatever, you know, so you get those sort of breaks almost more like a serial than, than a film. So I think that, um, like that, that's kind of the movie's undoing really is, is, is not being able to balance those elements. Um, so if it is, if it is comic accurate, uh, I think that they should have done more to, you know, I guess, I guess change it up enough to make it more appealing as a, as an hour and a half hour and 45 minute movie, whatever it was. Yeah. It's it's just, it's just so jarring, you know? Um, but other movies and other series and things are able to balance it, like say uh, Watchmen or, you know, even the original Watchmen movie or, or the series, um, both balance that sort of comic book seriousness, you know, uh, pretty well. 
Um, yeah, and even think, most like, of the, the Marvel does stuff. very well. The Boys is is a really good example. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of balancing yeah. quite well because there's enough familiarity for the loyal comic book base for them to mm-hmm. accept. Okay, well this has changed, but we're okay with that because this is rigid. Right, and that you know, Polar reminds me of a lot of say like Wolverine, um, where I think that that's also another uh, Marvel movie where they were able to sort of give the the comic aspects of it more of a grounded real world sort of feel but you still have this sort of like neo-noir kind of lead character um so if you like watch something like logan that that reminded me a lot of um of the mads section of polar as well and i think that that it just i think maybe it just comes down from the director hasn't done a lot of films he's done like maybe four or five films and mostly what he's done is music videos if you imagine some of that in a music video Mm -hmm. that would probably leave you quite impressed thinking oh god i wish that was a film right yeah because you get inside what say three four minutes of even if it's not well balanced, you've got the music as a distraction. Then you've got this kind of character. You've got these really sort of bright characters. And then you've got the conflict mm-hmm. with all of the other stuff missing. So, yeah, for, that makes a little bit of sense. Because, if, like I say, if you were watching that as a music video, you go, oh, that's fab. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's probably where, um, you know it was coming from is, is from all of the music videos that he's done. And, you know, speaking of music, um, the opening scene of this uh, movie was um, shot at Dead Mouse's house, who also did the soundtrack for it. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't really listen to him, but um, I have no popular. idea. But I'm not down with the kids. Yeah, it's. I, I think he's like an EDM artist or something like that. I'm not really a. I'm not really big on it. A friend of mine uh, is like that's like his favorite. Um, so this is uh, goes out to you, Matt. <laughs> But uh, it was, uh, I guess, shot uh, at his house, that whole backyard scene with Johnny Knoxville. It's crazy, over-the-top ridiculousness. And um, I guess after that happened, um, they had tapped him to do the soundtrack, which is weird because from what I read, most of of the score that he did was repurposing other tracks that he had already released and there's really only two new tracks on the uh on the entire soundtrack which is you know if you're a fan i guess you'd be kind of gypped on that right (laughs) money for old rope really sure yeah (laughs) i mean that's a good number if you can get it (laughs) it's a bloody good number yeah (laughs) yeah but hey that's how it goes i guess you know um wonder if they paid him Might be his first soundtrack. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's just the excitement of Johnny Knoxville getting like popped off in his yard. I can't stand that guy personally. Oh, see, no, it's okay. So I, I always used to have this opinion of Johnny Knoxville because Street and other people used to watch. Oh God, what is it? Where they bloody put nail guns in the balls, Jackass. (laughs) So they used to watch it, and I, I just be in passing, like going to the kitchen, going, "What the hell is this shit? What are they doing?" (laughs) And then Street would explain to me what they're doing, and my my response would be the same: "What the hell is this shit? And what are they doing?" (laughs) And I would just sort of dismiss it, and then I watched. Oh God, I'm going to get it wrong. Is it not bad? Is it bad grandpa? The yeah, one bad where grandpa. he's dressed up as, yeah. oh my God, I, 
I watched that straight right? because we were having a film night and he picked it and I had no option because I'd made him watch like Memento or something and he was just fucking bamboozled. <laughs> and I'd made him be silent through the whole film so he couldn't ask questions about what was going on. <laughs> and then um, I watched that. I was, I, I was honest, I was very close to wetting myself. <laughs> it's and funny. I'm happy to admit that. Yeah. And yeah. ever since then, whenever I've seen Johnny Knoxville's name on something, I'm a bit like, Oh, you might have to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's, I haven't liked him in anything other than Bad Grandpa. <laughs> That's the only thing I thought was good. I can't stand him. Yeah, he's not, he wasn't even, from what I understand, he wasn't even one of the original Jackass people. Like MTV brought him in. He's the only person that was an actor on that show. Uh, everybody else was like the originators of it. And then uh, MTV brought him in as sort of like the the star. Kind the of thing. Nicole Scherzinger of Jackass. What's that? The Nicole Scherzinger of Jackass. I don't know who that is. Because <laughs> she wasn't an original Pussycat doll, was she? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. They just brought her in. Is that think, the? So. You talking about the band or the movie? I didn't even know there was a movie like the band. Oh yeah. The band, yeah. okay. The burlesque band, whatever, whatever they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, all right, well, I don't have a whole lot more to say about this movie just because. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to totally trash it, but, you know. Eh. <laughs> I think I see why people would like it. It just, it, extreme sort of violence and over the top cartoony sort of kill squads are just not my thing unfortunately I think I could have dealt with one or the other yeah I just think that there's there's better movies out there that are sort of the same vein like even um, uh, what is uh, what's that British show or movie Um, uh, oh my gosh I can't think of it right now Uh, Kingsman I mean there's a few oh Kingsman we watched that the other day yeah like even that is like sort of the same vein, but they, that's, that's awesome. Like it's a great, great movie. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so fun. Yeah. Cause even, cause it's, it hasn't got that weird, it hasn't got that sort of, I don't know how to describe it. Flashy is not the, the right word, but it hasn't got that kind of flashy caricature. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it's sort funny because characters, it, it they're, they're does. still over the top, but they're yeah. within like a box. Right, right. It's it's more balanced to so, the whole movie. Like everybody's yeah. sort of like on the same level. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they don't fluctuate, mm-hmm. and they you, for every you know over the top character, you have a serious one that's like, no, this is a serious business. You will look at the umbrella and you will look at it properly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but and see, I because think that the, because the lead character is kind of like in a situation that ninety five percent of the country can relate to. Mm-hmm. that in itself helps you to ground out the other bits. Whereas who the hell can relate to being a hitman? True. You know, I never thought Retiring. of that, but that's a good point. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, but we can we can all relate to knowing somebody or being the person in the pub in a bad situation, it gets too mouthy, nicks a car, and mm-hmm. then even, so like the favour thing isn't ridiculous. Because you just think, oh, God, I wish I had that. Not, mm-hmm. oh, for Christ's sake, well, that's ridiculous and start picking faults in it. 
Right. Because my biggest issue with the film was, why are the people on the murder squad going to kill him, knowing full well that the same's going to happen to them right? if they reach their <laughs> retirement? Uh, the first thing I'd be doing is, you can get stuff, mate. I'm going to help the bloody guy. I'm going to send him a text and go, listen, mate. They're after you. Would you like us to, you know, go and take them all down and we'll split the bloody money? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that that leads me to the uh, the old guy in the bar, Richard Dreyfus, of all people. Like that was what out of the fucking blue, like seeing him in the bar and then he he turns on him. That was like, that was crazy to me. Why would he do that? Yeah. And why is he the only one that actually got to fucking retire <laughs> without being killed? Yeah. It's, I mean, they're coming for him next, mate. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah. So that that where is like when you compare it to like Kingsman's probably a good example. Like all you think about in the Kingsman is like, oh god, I hope he gets another fancy fucking shoe. I hope he gets, <laughs> no, I hope he gets that fucking lighter that blows up. Right. <laughs> Stop being mean, Michael Caine. Give him a bloody top hat that like poisons people. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right, Carly, I think we're at that time to give this movie a rating. I cannot wait. Can't wait to see what you rate it. Well, right. I, you go, I think you got to go first because you picked it. Okay. Yeah, you so, inflicted this on us. All right. So I'm, I'm torn on my rating with this because I really do like the Mads section of the movie. And I don't fully hate the comic book section i think that there's like even though the story is absurd like you've just pointed out with uh why would the assassins go after him if they know the same things and happen to them it's absolutely bonkers like it doesn't make any sense but suspension of disbelief ad nauseum in this movie um there had they dealt with those sections a little more evenly with the mads mickelson sections i think that this could be a much better movie than it is but sadly i do just go back to you know that concept i believe this movie is like polar opposites of each other they don't mix together um there wasn't a great uh balance from the director um i think the acting in the movie was great i think everybody in the movie was just perfectly on pitch as far as what they were doing um so i don't think that any of the actors should be faulted. Um, I purely think it's from a script standpoint and a directorial standpoint um, that the movie sort of fails itself. Um, and I feel like a five is too good for this movie, but um, I'm because I'm sort of split on the two halves of it. I'm just gonna go ahead and give it a five because I do think that the, the mad section is, is worth it. Um, and I, I think that if you're into those sort of high octane action films that are over the top, you might like it, but you might also be disappointed with the more grounded real world section. And if you're more into that real world sort of grounded John Wick style of action movie, um, you might be disappointed with the over the top. And I think another movie that's a good balance, like if you want something like this film would be uh, the losers. I think that's, that's sort of a pitch perfect version of this film. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give it a five, five gens out of ten. Oh. You did higher than me. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I give it a four. Really? All right. I thought Mads would just yeah. send it over the top for you. I thought it'd be like a seven that's just because he's in it. <laughs> no, that's the four. He is the four. Ah, I see. Um no, I agreed with you. I think all the acting was was good. 
Um, and again, I really I agree with you. I really, really like the time with him. And like that, that when he's in that hotel and he takes down all them people, just like, eh, no problem, and just walks out. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. But I just think it was, on a personal level, it was far too violent for me. Um, and I think that towards the end, prioritized over anything else. Which is probably not understanding the comic. It's probably a graphic and violent comic. So that's probably why that's in there. Um, but it's just not my, it's not my cup of tea. I, and top that with sort of the comical sort of kill squad situation, which the first scene I actually really liked when they took down Johnny Knoxville. I thought that was a great mix of daftness, organization, and then like a swoopy helicopter. That was great. It's uh. just no other time when they were being a, I, you know, highly sought after kill squad did they ever do that they shot a fat man 16 times because they yelled at him and he didn't give them the information right (laughs) um so that like that even those scenes to me were a struggle because i was expecting more of the james bond-esque kind of like kill bill like do you know what i mean yeah i guess sort of i i Completely disagree with that opening scene. I thought that was ridiculous, but, but, um, I, I kind of get what you mean. Cause if it still felt James Bond to me, so I don't, you know what I mean? Cause all the James Bond villains are like so over the top and ridiculous. And that's one I of the know, main reasons just... why I, I can't stand James Bond. Like I, I, I just don't, I don't like James Bond because of that. It's just so silly. <laughs> I think there was just a little bit more of organ like organized killing it's probably mm-hmm. the best way i can describe it all the other scenes when they were t- you did not need five of them to do what they were doing no absolutely not no they no. didn't all, all they resorted to was yelling punching right. or shooting that that was it yeah i think the last good a- scene with them was when they were with the accountant even so, but I mean, but that's even like, that I, was I just still think that was too much. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even that was just that they beat him up. They were just being a little bit more menacing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just, I would have really, really preferred personally just to have a little bit more of Mads and Van mm-hmm. and them interacting and then something happening from his past and then him having to deal with it. And to me, I think I just wanted that bit more than crazy, over-the-top assassins that are getting paid far too much for their job, quite frankly. Yeah, I hear you. I agree. Mm, yeah. Well, they're going to end up not getting paid anything because they're all going to be... Well, no, they're not because they killed the bad guy. Well, they're all dead, no. too. <laughs> Never mind. Scratch everything I've just said. It <laughs> <laughs> makes The Matrix people do not get the takeover. hey wouldn't it be a scream if that little secretary ended up in charge of everything oh that would have been hilarious yeah like that's his mom yeah right at the end she's like oh she's just there with her fucking hoover and some vanish trying to get the blood out the rug and it turns out she's the don and she's in charge now yeah and she gives everybody a pay rise (laughs) that would have been pretty good that that could have led to a sequel unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
Well, all right, guys, that's uh, that's five gens from me and that's four gens from Carly. Uh, we uh, think that I don't know. I don't think that we recommend this movie, huh? I mean, it's always good to watch a movie. Sure. To see different styles. Yeah. It's never bad. To, and it's always good to watch Mads. It yeah. just, you might need a little bit more courage, a bit of Dutch courage. <laughs> Is this the lowest one we've rated? It's, I think it's the lowest one that I've rated. Most, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Maybe you was, I can't remember if you've done a five or not. I think you need to add something to our website where um, it shows all the ratings that we've given the films. That could be cool. Don't you think? Lots of categories. (laughs) Recommended watch list. Five gins, two gins, three gins. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I think we need that. We'd have to do overall though. Overall gins. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. That works. <clears throat> All right. Well, we could add little affiliate links for the filmmakers so people can buy their DVDs and then they wouldn't be as mad at us. <laughs> right. I don't think any of these movies we're reviewing, either the directors are dead <laughs> or, uh, you know, they're. Well, they're so doing I don't want right nobody without... to come back and talk me through the TV that isn't Frank Sinatra. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right folks that's it that's uh that was polar the 2019 netflix film starring mads mickelson um if you enjoyed this episode uh you should check us out on the next one when we review one of my favorite films of all time um so i guess Spoiler uh, alert. <laughs> <laughs> have a have a drink with your assassin and watch uh watch polar if you're up to it until next time bye-bye looking at you kid thanks for joining us this week on the speakeasy noir cast make sure to visit our website resurrectionfilms.net where you can subscribe to the show on itunes stitcher or any of your favorite podcast apps so you'll never miss a show while you're at it if you found value in the show we'd appreciate a rating on itunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out too If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up and The Dark Side of Acting Up Volume 2, now available on Amazon. Or you can check out one of our films, also available on Amazon Prime. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Speakeasy Noircast.